let us pray. Thank you, loving Father, for giving us grace to see yet another day. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and mercy and your protection and guidance in all that we have been doing. We are grateful, Lord, for the gift of your Holy Spirit and thank you for the ministry of your holy angels on our behalf. Thank you for providing to, for us food, for shelter, clothing, security and peace. Glory be unto your name, O Lord. Bless us once again this morning through your word. O Lord, please grant to us power through thy spirit that as we study, your spirit shall help us to understand and to speak words that will be a blessing to everyone who will listen and also help us, Lord, that we will put in practice all we will learn. In Jesus' name I have prayed. Amen. Our High Calling November 26 Examine Yourselves Examine yourselves whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves, how that Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates. Second Corinthians chapter 13 verse 5 Examine yourselves, whether ye be in the faith. Many may immediately respond, Why, yes, I am in the faith. I believe every point of truth. But do you practice what you believe? Are you at peace with God and with your brethren? Can you pray with sincerity? Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Is there no bitterness in your hearts, no envying, no jealousy, no evil surmising? Is there no emulation, no desire for special favor and honors? no wish to have the supremacy? We do well to examine ourselves to see what manner of spirit we are cherishing. Let us learn to speak gently, quietly, even under circumstances the most trying. Let us control not only our words but our thoughts and imaginations. Let us be kind, be courteous. Many are sensible of their great deficiency, and they read and pray and resolve, and yet make no progress. They seem to be powerless to resist temptation. The reason is, they do not go deep enough. They do not seek for a thorough conversion of the soul, that the streams which issue from it may be pure and the deportment may testify that Christ reigns within. All defects of character originate in the heart. Pride, vanity, evil temper, and covetousness proceed from the carnal heart, unrenewed by the grace of Christ. If the heart is refined, softened, and ennobled, the words and actions will testify to the fact. When the soul has been entirely surrendered to God, there will be a firm reliance upon His promises and earnest prayer and determined effort to control the words and actions. 
we profess a great and holy faith and our characters must be in accordance with that faith and with God's great moral standard. Let us examine our hearts in the light of the great principles of the law of God as defined by Christ. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and thy neighbor as thyself. Amen. The title for our devotion is Examine Yourselves. Examine yourselves, that is, that we need to do a thorough review of our life and check whether in the life everything is clean, neat and pure. But of course, if one is examining himself, he needs a marking scheme. Before you can examine anybody's response to questions in examinations, for example, there is a right answer and then there are many wrong answers so therefore we need to first of all know our marking scheme which is the law of god so you examine yourself in the light of the word of god examine yourself in the light of the gospel and see whether you are in the faith that is what this devotion is telling us but that's not all the devotion is also telling us how we can if we are having an experience where we know the truth but are not practicing it, tells us what the problem is and how to make a change. So, I'll just go into detail. First of all, the examination of oneself, how that can be done. Then, if you find a problem with yourself, how it can be solved. So, examine yourselves. You know, when people are told to examine themselves, we may, not everybody, but many of us may just say, oh, I don't tell lies, I don't fornicate, I don't steal, I'm not a killer, therefore I'm alright. Especially when it comes to adultery. There are people who will tell lies, deceive, I mean, write on their documents, there are lies there. The job they have in the documents, it's, it's, it has lies in it. But they see themselves as righteous because they don't commit adultery. You see, adultery has been upheld as the sin that once you don't commit it, you are righteous. But people will tell lie, they will deceive, dissimulate, they will have pride in the heart, envy, jealousy, an unforgiving spirit, and yet they feel alright. They will examine themselves and they will not come out broken and contrite. Why? Because in the heart, in the mind, there has been this idea that the only thing that is seen is when I commit fornication and adultery or when I kill and once I'm not doing those things you don't feel bad about yourself but I want us to understand see this is the reason why Jesus said to the Pharisees the harlots and publicans do make it to the kingdom of God before you this is the reason so the first thing I want us to address is if you have that kind of mindset where you think that righteousness means avoiding fornication and adultery and killing. That's all. And then you see yourself as righteous and then the rest of the world is seen, who are doing those things, who are involved in adultery and all those things are sinners. Please, first of all, change that mindset. And understand that the word of God says in James 2, reading from verse 10 downward, that if you 
or fault in one part of the law, you are guilty of all. He that says thou shalt not commit adultery says thou shalt not kill. That is verse 11. And he goes on to say, Now if thou commit no adultery, yet if thou kill, thou art convicted of a law as a transgressor. So speak ye, and so do as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. So having understood that every commandment is in the sight of God, if we break them, we are, it is able to cut us away from God and eventually make us to not get our immortal inheritance. Having understood that now, let us understand. What are the kinds of things that we need to properly examine ourselves about? You see, in examination of oneself, there needs to be prayer. Just like David did. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. Jeremiah says, O Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct himself. He also says the heart of man is desperately wicked, only evil. Who can know it? You cannot know your heart. Therefore, today, since we are learning examine yourself, after you have finished listening to this devotion, go on your knees and pray to God. Don't just start reviewing your life by yourself, but pray to God and say, Lord, it's possible that I'm not seeing where I'm wrong. Please search me and know my heart. Help me to know where I may be wrong, where I may not be in keeping with your law. That's what you should do. Okay, but before you do that, I would still like to explain to you, like we read in the devotion, some areas where you need to really check yourself. We read here, Can you pray with sincerity? Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Meaning, examine yourself. Do you have grudge with someone? Do you have an unforgiving spirit? You see, forgiveness is something we can easily pass by ourselves and say, I don't have any grudge with anybody, but it's not as easy as that. If someone offends you, you need to be sure that you are not holding any grudge. How do you know that you are not holding any grudge? It shows in your actions. Check how God forgive us. Forgive us our, our, our debts as we forgive our debtors. As there means in the same manner. What is the manner with which God forgive us? After we sinned against him, he came down, died for our sins and reconciled us back to himself. He did not say, oh, I will eat with a long spoon with this person because i don't want him to do to me what he did to me before he did not withhold his blessings from us he did not say i will not trust you again and then avoid us and stay away from us and then say nevertheless i have forgiven you if you have really forgiven someone i do understand that there are cases where of course someone is your enemy and you may need to avoid the person but if you've forgiven someone who has actually asked for forgiveness or has changed at least the person has said so because when Jesus spoke to Peter in the book of Luke, reading from verse seven, chapter 17, reading from verse 3, Jesus said, Take heed, be careful with yourself. If your brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. And if he repent, forgive him. And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day, Turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. The measure of forgiveness. As he didn't say, if he shows you he has repented, he says, if he says, I repent. You know, I've seen people who, after somebody says to them, I repent, they say, No, you have not shown me you have repented. 
I don't think God does that to us. The moment you go on your knees and pray, believing in faith, you know that even when you ask God for repentance and you say, forgive me, you you know very well in your heart that even after you have said forgive me, there is that possibility you are still going to do that same thing again. It's not so. But you still believe God has forgiven you. And he brings you close to himself. And guess what? Many times, you still do the same thing again. In that day. And what does God do? When you say forgive me, what does he do? He forgives. He does not say no, I will not forgive you until I have show- you've shown me evidence that you've really changed. Then I will forgive you. Then I will start giving you the blessings I was giving you before. Then I will make the sun to shine upon you. Then I will make the rain to fall. Then I will give you a home to stay and food to eat. God does these things for us even when we have not said forgive me. And after we have said forgive me, he still continues to do them. The measure of forgiveness. Examine yourselves. Examine yourselves. Do you hold any grudge? The first thing we are even to examine ourselves about is if we say we know the truth, do you practice it in the first place? That's the first thing. And then, of course, one of the things we need to check whether we practice is forgiveness. And then there are other things here like bitterness. Do you have bitterness in your heart over something someone did to you? Are you angry with someone? Are you cherishing bad feelings, ill feelings? The moment somebody's name is mentioned, you are offended. You are not happy. Examine yourselves because that is not right. If you have bitterness in your heart, the Bible says in James chapter 3, reading, uh, I think that should be verse 16. It says, but if you have bitterness and envy, some maybe 15, 16, bitterness and envy in your heart, glory not in this. This wisdom does not come from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish, devilish. Lie not against the truth. That's what it says. Glory not and lie not against the truth. If you have bitterness, bitter envy in your heart, because that is where evil comes from. You will rejoice when you are bitter. You will rejoice when you hear bad things happening to your to your to the person you are bitter against. Don't cherish bitterness. You have to examine yourself in that direction. Envy, jealousy, evil, surmising that is thinking evil about somebody else, suspecting someone of evil. Examine yourselves whether this thing is in you. And then there's this great one here, this wonderful one, emulation. The foundation on which this world runs. Nobody rebukes anybody for emulation. I mean, without it, how can we thrive in this world? That's what we that's what we are taught from childhood to practice this sin called emulation desire for special favor and honors and the desire to have the supremacy do you know that emulation is a sin galatians chapter 5 reading from verse 19 now the works of the flesh are these go down to verse 20 21 there you see emulation part of the works of the flesh so what is emulation emulation is that desire to have supremacy over someone else emulation is that desire to copy someone else to be motivated by someone else so that you want to surpass that person you know that's what they do in schools first position second position for the students and they rejoice not because they got 100 percent, not because they got everything in the score of what they wrote but because somebody did not get more than them you see i used to be a teacher and i would ask students when they write exams i would test and i give them the tests and when i hear them i see them rejoicing oh i got this i got that and guess what i asked them Okay, now you, you wrote this test and this test is scored as over 20. 20 is the highest mark. You got 9 over 20. And other people got 18, 19. How would you feel? They would say, I feel bad. 
And then I tell them, okay, you got 9 over 20, but other people got 2, 1, 0, 4. How would you feel? And they will say, I will feel happy. Do you get the point? That is emulation. Emulation is not seeking to bring the best out of itself to be excellent. It is rather seeking to bring other people to be under him. Look at all the things we do in sports. Oh, Usain Bolt runs 100 meters in so 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 amount of seconds, in this amount of seconds. And then he's rejoicing. Others are rejoicing. Why? Is it because that's the best that can be done? No. But because nobody has surpassed it. Emulation. This principle of rejoicing because you are better than someone else of being motivated to surpass someone else competition that's the word if you want to know what emulation means competitive spirit you know some people talk about healthy competition what an irony there's nothing like healthy competition competition is what brought us to where we are today the devil competed in heaven isaiah chapter 14 reading from verse 12 he said i will exalt my throne above the stars of god i will be like the most high the position he was giving to him was not enough for him he was envying somebody else's position he was motivated to take someone else's position and that was what brought us to what we are in today that lack of contentment emulation competitive spirit do you have it do you have that desire for favors that desire to bring other people under you to be supreme emulation examine yourself whether you are in the faith now having examined oneself perhaps you see like it says here that you are like those who read and pray and then you make resolutions and yet you make no progress oh i can so identify with this and he says you seem to be powerless to resist temptation perhaps this is you don't give up don't worry just follow the direction that we're going to read now and the grace of god will be upon you and you will get the strength you need to get well, you need to understand what is my problem why is it i study bible pray so much and after everything i still don't have power to resist temptation here's the problem the reason is you do not go deep enough you do not seek for thorough conversion of the soul that the streams which issue from it may be pure now all this are not being as direct as possible now let's see what it's what the real problem is it is true years that all defects like pride vanity evil temper covetousness and which comes from carnal heart must be overcome but see where the problem is when the soul has been entirely surrendered to god there will be a firm reliance upon his promises one like it says when the soul has been entirely surrendered to god that means there needs to be an entire surrender first you know this entire surrender thing is some is quite confusing you may say yes i've entirely surrendered but you need to check yourself there are actions you take that makes it show whether you're entirely surrendered or not we may all say oh i'm entirely surrendered but how do you show you're entirely surrendered it shows itself first of all in a firm reliance upon god's promises this is something many people don't know about you need to take the word of god pick promises in the word of god and hold on to them in then now pray earnestly on those promises lord you said that this is what you will do for me please do it i believe that since you said you will do it you will do it therefore do it but then it does not end there you need to have faith that works not blind faith without no oh, oh, oh vain man that faith without works is what 
dead. So that means your prayer needs to be accompanied by works. The next thing is that after you have that earnest prayer, there must be determined effort to control the words and actions and even your thoughts and imagination. So this is what it means. This is why we are not getting the victory. If you are really trying to get that victory, first of all, entirely surrender. This entire surrender is shown in these three things we just read now. Take the promises of God. Have Pray earnestly. Then walk. There must be determination. Do you know what determined effort looks like? What Jesus said. If your right eye causes you to sin, what do you do? Cut it off. 1 Corinthians 15.31 Evil communication corrupts good manners. Psalm 101 verse 3 I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. Then verse 6 says, I will. My eyes shall be upon the righteous in the land. There needs to be effort you make to put things away from you that is causing you to sin. If not, you are not entirely surrendered. It doesn't. You are not serious. That's what it means. You have only said with words, "I resolve, I resolve." But actions need to follow those words to show that you are serious. There needs to be an effort you make to show that you are serious about overcoming. So, though you pray and you say you are entirely surrendered and you hold on to God's promises, if you don't follow these actions, then the prayer and the and the resolutions and even holding on to the promises will not come to pass as, you, as it should. You will not get the victory with that. Because even part of the promises is these same things I quoted. The promises if you re-indeed cut off your right hand that is causing you to sin, you'll get the victory. So hold on to that promise too. Every word of God is a promise. So today, having examined yourself, perhaps you've seen things in you that are quite dirty, ugly things in yourself. You know, there was another thing we read there about your words, being gentle. If you examine yourself and you say, am I gentle? How do I respond? How do I speak to people? Am I as compassionate as I should? Am I as sympathetic and kind in my words as I should be? When you examine yourself in that direction, don't give up if you feel that there are so many things you see in yourself that is all dirty and wrong. Don't give up. Whether it's the sins of the flesh or sins of the spirit. I believe these last things we just mentioned is, is a wonderful blessing. Make determined efforts. Hold on to God's promises. Pray and by God's grace, you will after examining yourself, come out a better person. May that be our experience in Jesus' name. Amen. In the book of John 8, verse 10, the Bible reads, When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. That phrase, go and sin no more, is the blessing that Jesus wants to bestow upon us. I understand that it can be very embarrassing when we ask God to show us our heart. It can be shameful, really, when you see that you have pride, anger, vanity, an evil temper. When you see within yourself the fruits of envy and jealousy. You know, once I had a friend in school 
he told me about corporate work. Corporate work means the sale of books. And at that time, I had no money and I felt interested. Let's go and do this work. So initially, he himself went ahead of me, did a lot of plans. And by and by, he gave me his news one day. I'm making thousands of money. You can't believe what happened to me when I heard the news day in day out i had bitterness in my heart i started feeling envious like i should have gotten that i it should have happened to me like thoughts kept arising in my heart i was even afraid of myself i said where are these thoughts coming from how come i had never seen that kind of feeling we call this kind of uh, feelings or these thoughts these the sins of the spirit their mindset issues and as shameful as it was you can't imagine as shameful as it was what I did was to tell God about it I had to kneel down in the house and tell God see Lord I'm seeing the fruit the seed I'm seeing germinating in my heart I had to talk to God to help me remove it these things we need to talk to God God does not want to condemn us like we read in John 8 Jesus says go and sin no more it was only through prayers that God helped me if I hadn't prayed I'm telling you the work Satan was doing in my mind was going to be very disastrous so so the evidence of these things when we observe these things in our hearts it should not make us despair what God wants to help us realize when he is revealing to us our weakness is our helplessness. A brother was saying talking something about firm reliance. You see, the only way we can really rely firmly is when we see our weaknesses. When you see yourself doing or exhibiting characters, doing things that are so disgusting, it shows you that you're really weak. And that's why Paul will say in, our, in my Weakness is his strength made more perfect. So that when we see these things, we can now go to him and depend on him, knowing how fearful our minds can be. The Bible says that the heart is deceitful above what? All things, right? Who can know it? The thoughts that can emanate from the heart, some of them are very dirty and unbelievable. But that's the way God wants us to understand that's what God wants us to understand that we need to firmly depend on Him. Praying earnestly. You don't ask for help when you have no need. It's the, it's the inheritance. It's the weakness we have inherited. It's the result of the fall. And our tendencies are towards evil are high. So my point here is that we should not despair. Jesus met Mary and said to her, Go, I sin no more. Neither do I condemn you. And God is not going to condemn you. So while either through a sermon i know god really answers his prayers in this unique ways it can be through a sermon it can be through your family friends it can be through experiences that god is going to reveal to you the wickedness in your heart do not be discouraged when he starts doing that work don't feel embarrassed he's not trying to condemn you he's trying to help you so that you can receive that blessing go and sin no more another suggestion as to what can help is like my brother said the promises and i want to enlarge there more about spending quality time with god 
would help us so that the words of Christ can permeate our hearts. The thoughts, meditating on the word of God and the things of God can help us. There's this temptation that we just do our devotion and it seems like we have done it morning duty and then we leave off. We should not be in a hurry to leave the words which we have studied in the morning. We need to take some time so that the influence of the Spirit of God will permeate our hearts. The words, the sentiments that was the Holy Spirit revealed to you while you were doing your devotion, you need to chew on it. You know, sometimes you eat a very good meal and you want to relish it. You want to dream about it and talk about it. That's what God wants us to do. By the time you're done with your morning devotion and you spend some quality time with God, it's good to relish it afterwards. It's good to meditate on it. Allow the principles to go around your mind. I find out that it has this sense and power that it uses. The, the Word of God keeps us in. There's an influence that we draw from the Word of God from like a fountain that can sustain us as we walk around surely you will hear noise and other things the business of work will want to drive it away but you have to continually draw the mind back to that surrounding that influence some people do some active things like bible scripture memorization that particular phrase that meant something to you in the morning memorize it scribble it down and maybe do a song about it and keep your mind around the influences that will help you that's one other thing i think that can help us you know some people even scribble things in their notepads or in their phone or something to keep the mind fresh to keep it abiding in christ so jesus said if my words abide in you and you in me so he understood that when the word of god is in our mind that gives us power it is the spirit that quickens the flesh profits not in the words that i speak to you they are spirit and they are life i remember a friend who we used to talk about how he spoke very hastily i remember this devotion talks about talking gently and quietly so one day he he was told to pray and then he knelt down we all prayed together and he was he prayed in a very solemn and nice way sweet words very calm so when later word and afterwards i asked him i told him see the way you prayed if you spoke to any man this way man i don't think anybody will be angry or offended with you your words were so gentle and quiet and i realized it's because when we talk to god we are very respectful we are very gentle and kind and soft but when we leave prayers, we tend to talk to men or people, regardless of who they are. We talk without respect. So, I drew a lesson from that which I shared with him. We, if we talk to people the way we talk to God, I think we will do well. We will be kind and we will be courteous. The attitude, that uh, attitude in prayer, that begs the question of how we pray i know sometimes people shout and make all sorts of noise and raise their voices in a very un irreverent ways that's not good and i don't think anybody can talk to any human being that way you find that it's hard for us to we can't communicate with your superiors shouting or commanding them what they need to hear is the sense of what you're saying and the reason behind what you're saying so if we also cut us to people and young or older superiors it means it we also should be kind in our prayers when we are talking to god we should be respectful he hears us we should not cry him down or be irreverent in our prayers 
and we can draw from that experience that when we speak with God often too, we find out that the moment after your prayer, you seem to have a serenity. So it means if we can maintain a vital connection in prayer with God, we can also have that mindset spread across our hearts. I pray that God will help us to do the best we can for Him to really work with us and reproduce His character in us. May God help us. Amen. Okay, something we should even take note of in this, what I was saying about examining oneself. I have noticed something. You know what I was talking about? Publicans and harlots entering into the kingdom of God before the Pharisees who thought that they were the holy people. We need to understand that the law of God, all are equal in his sight. The law of God that says thou shalt not kill condemns the use of words that are derogatory on people. That is speaking evil, insulting as we know it now. Cursing, swearing, insulting people is a sin. You see, many people who pass as GOs today, pastors, godly women and godly men, in their homes or even on the streets in their cars, just cross their way and a lot of load of insult will come out from the mouth. Even to their children, they do it. Examine yourself. This is part of the areas where you are failing. Don't call yourself holy and righteous when your, your lips are not kind and courteous. When you can tell somebody you are mad, you are stupid, idiot. When you can tell people or mock people or joke about them. When you can curse and swear. Don't call yourself holy. That is part of the areas that if you indeed examine yourself, your conscience, anytime you do that, will tell you that you have sinned against God. You need to be very careful in that area. Don't tell yourself, oh, because I'm, I'm a mother, mother of a mother of value, woman of value, but yet your mouth is unkind. And yet you call yourself a woman of value. You need to sanctify that your tongue. Give that tongue to, to God for him to sanctify it so that it becomes kind, courteous, polite to people. Whether man or woman, you need to do that. And again, envy. You know, like my brother mentioned, when you hear something about someone that the person is doing well and then these thoughts come to the mind, I, I just want us to differentiate between the sin and the thought. You see, there are thoughts that could come to the mind, but if they are not cherished, you have not sinned because Satan has the ability to bring thoughts to our mind. So on a daily basis, you are encountering different situations. Somebody comes to tell you how, I have a child, my child, I just gave birth to a child and you're a woman who doesn't have one, you've been looking for a child since. You want to have a child and somebody's telling you I have a child. Satan will bring thoughts to your mind to envy, to get jealous careful when the thought comes you've not seen yet but when you cherish that thought start brooding over it and wishing it was me then you are not rejoicing with the other person then you are becoming envious and jealous it could be like the situation he mentioned you hear of somebody's progress in something praise be happy with that person be so that that envy will not come out but don't don't, don't let your words be words of deception you need to understand I know this this envy, you need to go to the foundation of it. Understand that God is in control of everything. Whatever you don't have, God knows why. It's not with human beings you have a problem with. And even 
he is sustaining you, you shouldn't even have a problem with God too. So don't cherish envious thoughts. But the main point I want to make is when the thought comes, you have not sinned. When you cherish that thought, that is when you have sinned. Satan can suggest envy to the heart. He can suggest jealousy, suspicion of someone in your heart. And evil thinking or evil surmising about someone. Rebuke the devil when those thoughts come and then you have not sinned. So I just want us to differentiate between when one has sinned in cherishing this pride and envy or even the desire to 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 be supreme to be on top of others that desire you see it shows itself in many ways somebody could come and tell you oh see what this person did for me i'm so grateful for what he did for me and devil will just bring thoughts to your mind why is he not didn't i also do something for this person see how he's praising this other person whereas he did not even praise me like this when that thought comes you've not sinned but the moment you dwell on it, it takes very short time, a very short time, very short time, it could be a few seconds, and you've just dwelt on it. And you have indeed owned the thoughts and said to yourself, it's true, this person is not really praising me the way he praised this person. Ah, you have sinned when you do that. But when the suggestion comes to the mind, you say, get thee behind me, Satan. I should not cherish this kind of thought. It should not be in me. And you overcome that thought that the envy that Satan wanted to put in you, you throw it away. You see, these thoughts, they are like the spirit of prophecy, they are thoughts that annoy even the best of men. Even the most righteous person, their bad thoughts come to the mind. But if these thoughts are not cherished, if they are not dwelt upon, the soul is not defiled, you have not seen and no other person too will be defiled by it. So it is in dwelling and cherishing and owning those thoughts. Those suggestions could come from a human being, may not even come from, from your mind. Perhaps you didn't have anything in mind and I could be the, the thoughts that comes to you and say, why is this person praising this person like this? Why didn't he praise you? It could be me who say it or even your mind could just say it, but it's the devil who is actually saying it. So the way you deal with me is the way you deal with yourself. Just as I said it to you, you have to say to me, no, there's nothing wrong in what he said. I'm not going to feel like he praised somebody else and he praised me and there's something wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, the person really did well for him. You can tell me that. So, tell yourself that also. Deal with yourself as though you are another person who is talking to you. Your mind talks to you and you separate yourself from it and say, evaluate every thought and ask yourself whether I should own this thought or reject the thought. In that way, you will know you would probably know whether you are cherishing the evil thoughts sinning against god or not let us pray our father we thank you for revealing to us once more the things that go on in our minds thank you for your interest in us lord we understand that if you have not revealed to us these secrets we may go and destroy ourselves and continue in sin and cause havoc but thank you for revealing to us today the lord i pray that the influence of the holy spirit will continue to abide with us that at the moments of suggestion from satan lord you would help us to watch and to pray we will by your spirit overcome all the the temptations the suggestion he brings to our mind Father Lord, we also have prayed and counseled with respect to examination. We pray that as we go through our day, please, I pray you give us 
the favor of exposing to us our hearts. Help us not to hide sin unknowingly, for we know Satan will want to take advantage of it in the times to come if we secretly cherish these sins. Lord. I also want to pray, Lord, as you do this work, that this work that is very delicate, our minds will trust in your love. I know Satan may want to also tell us that you don't love us, that you are not going to welcome us in. Please, as you do this surgery of examining our hearts, I pray that we will trust in your love and you'll give us victory to overcome these things, Lord. Bless all us today. Grant us safety as we go out and as we come in. Come in. May your love really radiate in our hearts and keep us together till the end of the day. Thank you, Father, for all the help we have received from you. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.